Welcome to Her Story on a Plate, a place for real talk about real bodies. Let's dish about our complex relationships to food and bodies. We are two experts in the field coming at this from an anti-diet, your body holds wisdom approach. This podcast is all about changing the conversation we have in our heads and culture so that we can embrace ourselves fully. I am so excited to talk to you about Fresh Starts Jenny, because before we even started recording, we were chit-chatting about some of the things that come up around this idea of, oh, I'm going to start again. And you said desperate measures. And I'm wondering if you could say more about that. Sure, Nina. So, you know, as we're recording this, we are just at the week between Christmas and New Year's. And you know, for some, New Year's is a horror because there's just all of this pressure about all the things that we must do and change. And this time it'll be different. And this time we'll mm-hmm. be better. Listen, I'm all about goal setting if there are things that in your life need to shift in some way. But the pressure of a New Year's resolution, the pressure of all the things I want to fix and change about my body, especially after the holidays. It's such an enormous pressure. And it leads to desperate measures, as I as I like Mm -hmm. to call it. Yeah. And it is when you say that pressure, right? It is. And we need to unpack that pressure because it's not necessarily an internal pressure. Sure, as you said, we might want to make changes. We might want to feel more vital, more flexible, more energetic in our life. Great, fair. But then comes this pressure that with it goes this certain way of eating and this certain size that's supposed to come with it. And the whole package actually of diet culture comes with our desires to evolve, right? Humans want to evolve. We want to change. That is completely natural. But with it, suddenly we're pulling along this giant burden of diet culture with us. It's funny you say that people want to change. You'd think it's more natural than that, right? There are people who are mm-hmm. very comfortable in not changing, in routines, mm-hmm. you know, sticking with what works, and not even being able to recognize if something doesn't work. That's just fear and comfort, and we all experience that you know, in, in so many areas of our lives. Change doesn't mean that I have to be a different person, and it most certainly doesn't mean I have to be a different size. I mean, I have rarely in my career seen a time that, like we are living in right now where suddenly on the one hand, diet culture is being talked about, it's being acknowledged. Um, mm-hmm. There are folks in larger bodies who are wearing it and wearing it proud, and it's inspirational and it's functional, and uh, they're just you know fabulous people. And then there's semaglitude, which is this injectable that has lots of different names like Ozempic and Wagovi and all those. And mm-hmm. it has suddenly made it like, well, Everybody can do it, and why not? And all you have to be willing to do is suffer GI distress, injecting yourself, knowing you have to use it probably for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. all of that. And by the way, your body will shift 
but so does your facial features and other parts of the body. So it's just interesting that people will literally do anything to be a smaller size because of what we associate with that. Right. And that's the desperate measures, right? And some people, you know, some of my clients who have come to me are like, no, 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 I don't want to do the injectables. I don't want to do the weight loss drugs, but really I got to cut this out and I got to cut this out and no more this and no more this. And I only can eat this, right? Again, that perfectionism, I often think really leans into orthorexia, that desire to eat very specific, very strict, right? Really being orthodox with our food. And that's almost what the culture really prescribes and pushes for any new beginning, right? We talked about New Year's, but it could be, right? It's the beginning of the month. It's Monday. It's, oh my gosh, I have a wedding in four months. I'm going to start again now, right? All of those beginnings come with this incredible strict rules and guidelines. And where do the rules come from? They come from shame. They come from blame, self-blame. You know, I was bad. I was indulgent. And Mm -hmm. now I must be restrictive. I have to pull in the reins. I have to be good. I have to be strong as if that's what defines that. And if I can't, then I'm a failure. Now, yeah. This is diet culture at its finest because mm-hmm. it has instilled in us this idea that number one, that's all achievable. And number two, that if it isn't, it's on you, not on anybody else and not on anything else, right? It's all about you. You're, mm-hmm. you're just a failure. Just face it. Oh, no, don't face it. Start again. So that, that's the yeah. whole focus of diet culture. And it's what's so yeah. pervasive about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was giggling, not at the, painful cycle, but I was giggling at this idea of like, okay, you can do it this time, right? The false hope. Yes, this is all achievable. It's ridiculous. And one of the things you said, Jenny, that I think is so important is this piece of you have done it wrong, right? You have failed yet again. The idea that if you did it, this is right. This is the difference of guilt and shame. Not only did you do it wrong, but now you are wrong, right? That's what shame is. You are now the problem. And it's tears at our soul. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm sure you're experiencing this at this time of year too, which is, I have so many clients that say, so are you going on vacation? Will I get to see you, you know, when you come back? And I have to say, no, I cannot go on vacation right now because <laughs> Thanksgiving until the end of January, I'm like retail. We're we're at our busiest. And that's a shame because that's Mm -hmm. the effects of diet culture, the effects of the pressure, the inferred pressure of pressure from just being in the body you're in. And that's that's just a shame. You know how many college kids we also get to see who came back, let's say, from a semester away doing their thing, Mm -hmm. trying to make friends, trying to learn, trying to navigate, by the way, a lot of uh, protests that are occurring on their campuses right now, right? All all of those things, trying to be involved, trying to be perfect instead of just striving for excellence. And a lot of them don't actually get to go back for the next semester. They have to take some time off. Same pressure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Same and yeah. it's not the pressure just of young women, right? It's the pressure of even like when women have babies, right? There it is. They mm -hmm. start again. Oh, now I'm going to get that body back, right? Oh, I'm going to be the mother of the bride. Oh, now I got to start again and really get that body back. And that I keep coming back to the experience of the pressure because we have to link those two. The start again with this internal, I'm not okay and I have to do something about it. And to really see that with the lights like blaring on it, that that pressure, that start again pressure is toxic for us. It really makes us feel like we're not enough. I see so many folks who say, okay, okay, I'm getting it. I understand it's the pressure of diet culture. It's how it's as old as time. I get it. I don't want to fall you know, under that pressure. But by the way, I'm just so uncomfortable in my yes. body. Yes. I hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's important to say, to the degree that we allow it, we have body autonomy. And what does that mean? I'm never going to judge anyone for anything they choose to do, right? But if I mm -hmm. see a truck coming at you, for sure, I'm going to say, you might want to step aside. There's a truck coming at you. I might even push you out <laughs> of the way. But at the end of the day, yes. you get to stand on whatever road you want to stand on, right? I love that analogy. So, but no, I, I always say like, I, I completely ran out of judgment because I judged myself so harshly for so many years. I ran out completely and I want to come back to the truck. So let's name the truck. Like, because some people are like, well, no, you know, there's not really a truck coming at me, but let's, let's actually go like, yes, the truck right now looks like weight loss drugs. Mm -hmm. The truck looks like all the new diets on the market right now, right? The way that Weight Watchers is rebranding themselves, all the detoxes that are forever coming at us. Honestly, the whole 30s, right? Oh, just get healthy for 30 days. Again, it's part of the truck, right? Keto, all of the trucks. Sure. Here's another truck. We'll call it a very well-intentioned uh, medical community. So oh, yes. you go in a medical visit and you're told, you know, that the reason why something is happening is because of your body size, which 99.999% mm -hmm. of the time is simply a lie. It's not true. Not true. No, yeah. what are you talking about? Of course it is. If I'm in a bigger body, doesn't that mean that my knees are just getting more pressure? Isn't it just physics? Mm -hmm. Nope. Because same person mm -hmm. walks into an office who's in a smaller body and they could have the exact same knee problem you do. And guess what they don't talk about? And they're going to yeah. address it in a different way. So there's the medical community. There's also just the confusion we have about the privilege of aging. Mm -hmm. Aging is like this bad word. If I'm yeah. bigger, I'll look older. If I look older, mm -hmm. I will be minimized. If I'm minimized, I won't exist mm -hmm. anymore. Oh my God, Jenny, you know, we have part to have a whole conversation true. about aging. Yes. Part of it is true. We have a culture that is totally nasty about aging and is dismissive. And we do need to have a whole conversation about that. I want to reel back to something you said, because I can't let it go by without putting in my plug for it. You don't have to get weighed when you go to the doctor. You're allowed oh, God, to yes. say, 
I don't, and I did it just like last week. I had an appointment with a new primary care doctor. And of course I walked in and they were like, would you get on the scale? And I said, no, I never get on the scale. And they were like, oh, I was like, yeah, no. And they were like, uh, okay. They were a little flummoxed, right? And it was the nurse, right? Then the doctor comes in and goes, so I hear you don't get on the scale. And I was like, no. I work with women and their relationship with food and body. And honestly, scales are one of the most damaging things that women deal with in their relationship. It interrupts their relationship with their body. And she was like, well, okay. And she was very smart and lovely. And I really liked her as a new doctor. But she was like, but there are times when I might need to weigh you. And I was like, well, let's talk about that then. She's like, if you had a heart issue, I was like, okay. And there was a real concern in how much fluid was happening in my body. Well, let's talk about that then. And she was like, well, okay. You know, here's another example I like to give. The when, mm-hmm. when I'm asked to step on a scale and I say, I'm sorry, I don't weigh, mm-hmm. I'll get the same conversation. And here's the line that really just sort of stops all conversation. I say, well, if I'm having anesthesia today, you're right, I should be weighed. And if I'm not, then I guess there's no reason. Mm-hmm. And then there's this dead silence. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. truly, and by the way I understand that anesthesia is kind of by the pound. But besides that, there really is no reason. Now, yeah. I will say, you know, there are exceptions, right? Like if you go to your doctor and you have had some really unintentional precipitous loss, then yes. you want to at That's least concerning. talk about that. Yeah. And at least, you know, establish some starting points so that you can figure that out. But really, there is no reason to weigh because yeah. it, see, the thinking is, well, of course I have to. Isn't that one of my vitals? I get my blood pressure checked mm-hmm. and I get my pulse checked and shouldn't they be weighing me? No, actually no. We've been yeah. indoctrinated to believe that that is one of our vitals. It's not vital at all. No, there are much better metrics that measure our well-being, right? Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugars, right? Those actually give us an indication of what's been happening inside. Our weight is, did we poop today? Do you have your period? You know, did you eat more? Like, it, like it's not a reflection of your well-being. Mm-hmm. And on the subject of blood pressure, it's important to say that a lot of medical settings are ill-prepared with different size cuffs. So. Yes. You get your blood pressure taken in a cuff that starts out too small. Guess what your reading is going to be? High, very yeah. high, and it's and it's a false reading. It's an artifact. So yeah. again, it's just about indoctrinating these settings. I mean, <laughs> the simplest thing in the world. Wouldn't you think there'd be different size gowns? Wouldn't you think? Yes. Oh you my know gosh. How many women go through mammograms or mm-hmm. GYN visits and just say, you know what, I don't need a gown because it's barely covering my left arm anyway. So like, just go for it. And, and that's yeah. degrading. It that's is. Degrading. It's not respectful. It's really not respectful. So I want to reel back to this idea of, okay, so it's fresh start. It's the new year. It's, I have a wedding coming up. I just had a baby. I, whatever the fresh start is, right? I'm going back. It used to happen to me when I would go back to be with girlfriends for girlfriend weekends. Well, I haven't seen them in six months, right? Maybe I should do a fresh start so that when I see them, my body is different. Okay. So we have this fresh start. Okay. Now I got to do desperate measures. 
let's talk about if you're not going to go do desperate measures, then what? Right? Then what are we going to do? I'm suggesting a different fresh start. The fresh start is in our thinking. Here's, mm. here's the fresh start. I'm going to be kind to myself. I'm going to be gentle. Mm -hmm. I am going to do everything in my power not to compare this body. This body that has done miraculous things, this body that has been through good things, bad things, whatever it may be, I'm not going to compare this body to what I think another body is. Because really, it's yeah. just based on my lens, my assessment anyway, that's just the idea of being human, right? And so the fresh start is really to say, okay, it starts with a deep breath. It starts with, I'm not going to have an opinion about what mm -hmm. I eat. Instead, what I'm just going to do is two things. One, I'm going to have what I want, and I'm going to be mindful of do I have like a food allergy where having something I want would give me an anaphylactic reaction? That would not be a good idea. Separate from that, I'm going to have what I want. And the other thing I'm going to do is have whatever I want and eat it slowly. I'm going to enjoy every smell, every bite, every sensation. And chances are my body is going to tell me when I'm full and then I'll choose to honor that or not. In just mm. that easy way of thinking, that's what's going to happen. Mm. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to walk. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to go about this in this slow and gentle way. Mm. So, Jenny, there's two main aspects mm. of this fresh start approach that you talked about. One is my relationship with myself, right? Developing compassion, developing mm. kindness developing a sense of warmth, generosity towards oneself, right? Being generous of spirit. So that's on one side that you talked about. And then the other important adjacent aspect is, and I'm going to listen with great respect and great honoring to my body, to what my mm -hmm. body wants, to how my body feels, to my sensation, right? One of the things I always talk about is our body has a language, and the language that our body speaks is sensation, right? So when you're talking, Jenny, about slowing down, oh, I'm going to be in sensation. And sensation brings us into our embodiment. And embodiment brings us to a sense of listening. Mm. And so it's so beautiful what you said. There's two tracks. Great. I want to start again. I, where, I'm going to start on these two tracks. What do I want to do? Do I want to really focus first on this sense of just being gentle and kind and compassionate to myself? Do I want to focus on the listening, the attunement, sensation, right? And why I'm saying, do I want to start here or start there? Because we're, there's so much in us that's like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all at once. It's a fresh start, clean slate. I'm going to listen deeply and be kind. It's a lot. I'm going to be perfect. Ease up, right? I'm going to be perfect. And there it is, right? That's baked into the fresh start conversation. I'm going to be perfect. You used, used two very important words, Nina. Attunement and embodiment. And, mm -hmm. you know, they, they fall off the tongue easily, but I'm not sure most of us really, really 
pay attention and focus on it. Attunement is really knowing what your body is trying to tell you, past and present, without judgment. Right? The body remembers. The body keeps the score, to quote a famous book, right? The body Mm -hmm. remembers. And I'm really of a thinking, and this could sound like woo-woo to some of the folks who are listening to us, your body believes what you tell it. So this goes back mm-hmm. to the practice of neurolinguistics. If you yeah. say things to yourself a lot, like, oh, d- kill me now. This is just, that's just a very, it's a very New York expression, right? But we say, yeah. oh, kill me now. You know, or, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bad, I'm wrong. I'm, mm-hmm. when you tell your body, you, you fat so-and-so, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you say All in your those head. nasty things, time, yep. Your body starts to believe you. And what it believes yeah. is that you're unworthy. So imagine, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. telling you to put you know, sticky notes on your mirror for affirmations unless that's your thing. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is to start a different conversation as a fresh start, start a different conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you get up in the morning, I know it sounds hokey, but when you get up in the morning, just greet yourself nicely. Like, mm-hmm. oh. I got up. We're here. Isn't this a great day? Good start. Right. Mm -hmm. And honor whatever aches and pains you might be experiencing or honor whether you slept well or didn't sleep well and just be kind and gentle. Now I could picture somebody listening to us and saying, oh, sure. Yeah. Do you know what my household's like in the morning? You want me to be kind and gentle? What are you kidding? (laughs) So Jenny, I want to tell you a story. So I tried truly in the mirror for 10 years, Louise hate myself, right? I love myself. And for 10 years, the mirror literally like laughed at me, which is that's not true. And so there's an in between that has worked for me and many of my clients before we can get to that place of, you know, oh, hello, right? Like being kind and gentle, which was I'd get up and I would be mean to myself and I could just go ouch. Ouch. Like that hurts. Before I could even get to, you know, I'm going to be kind and gentle with myself was, wow, that's mean. Because there's so many women I have talked to that have said, I would never, ever, not in a million years, talk to anybody else the way I talk to myself, the way I call names towards my body. I would never, ever let that happen. But we do it every day to ourselves. And even if we can't get into the gentle conversation that we're inviting you into is to say, ow, because then at least we're acknowledging what's actually happening, the relationship that's going on right now between you and your body. You're also speaking, I think, Nina, to the power of community and the power of group settings. You know, Mm -hmm. often I know each of us, you know, work with groups of folks. And one of the things that they often say to each other when someone's in this very sort of Mm self-deprecating, you know, phase is, can you at least just talk to yourself the way you you would talk to us? You know, Mm -hmm. so, or I'll say to someone, you know, I just want you to imagine that someone else in the group was feeling the way you're feeling. Would you tell them all the things you just told yourself? Well, God, yes, of course not. Well, Well, then just tell yourself whatever you would tell them, because I know that when you're telling them, you would be authentic. You wouldn't be just polite. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. When um, my son can get a little critical with himself, mm. and I'll be like, and I'll say, "Hey, don't talk to my son that way, right? We wouldn't. We wouldn't let anyone talk to somebody we loved in the way that sometimes we talk to ourselves. So sometimes acknowledging that with a one word, ouch, can shift the conversation to be like, oh, that hurt. How might I talk to somebody else? So I think that that shifting the conversation is the fresh start we're looking for because fundamentally it changes the relationship. So what are our takeaways, right? I, I love this idea of ouch, acknowledging, mm -hmm. you know, how we treat ourselves at times, right? Yeah. Um, I think the second takeaway is really just slowing it all down uh, yes. to the degree that one can. And yeah. to really, 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 really do everything you can to take the focus off of any numbers at all. There are no numbers yeah. here, no size. It's just about being in that body, that miraculous body of yours, the body that has been through it all, the body that has sometimes let you down, but that body that is the embodiment of that essence of you that makes you you. You know, I'll just mm -hmm. say one of the things that we often talk about is that these bodies that we're so focused on, all they really are is sort of a container just so that we could tell mm -hmm. each other apart. The real, <laughs> the, real, the real essence of us has yeah. nothing to do with, you know, mm -hmm. whether we had our hair dyed and whether our teeth are white and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's really yeah. about how do we communicate the essence of who we are to each other. So I'm, I'm recommending that that is how we start to think about a fresh start. Beautiful. Jenny, thank you so much. I know you and I could talk forever. And I just literally, want to say, we literally you know, could talk forever. <laughs> that is absolutely and the truth. Do. And sometimes we, and do. we do. Yeah. yeah. You should hear us <laughs> um, offline. It's really, oh we, my we gosh. do talk forever. Yes. We do. And one thing I want to say for those of you who are listening is your body story is important. That's what we're talking about. Your story of your relationship with food, your story and your relationship with your body. We're unpacking it together in the, with the intention of supporting you to step into this place of kindness and compassion and deep caring and respect for your body. Thank you, Nina. You just tied that up so beautifully. I love when you do that. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. We wish you all well. Thanks for listening to Her Story on a Plate. Keep in touch with us at herstoryonaplate.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.